Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of Sefer Yov, that is the book of Job. We are in chapter 2, Parak Bet, where we left off. Eov had refused to blaspheme God despite the horrific loss of all of his children, all of his wealth. He is now impoverished, and um, God has, so to speak, won over the, the Satan, right, who challenged God and said, oh, no, Eov, he's only faithful to you, he's only loyal to you, he's only a Tom Vyashar, a perfectly righteous man, because, because, he ha- because his life is good, everything is good, so he praises you and everything. But if you had made it bad, you take away his wealth, then he would turn against you. Eov refuses to turn against God, and um, that's and instead he says, Hashem nasan, Hashem lakach, God gives, God takes. I, I, Arom, I, I was born naked, I will return to God naked. And he refuses to blaspheme God. He refuses to accept that the world has no purpose, that the world is just random, that, the, that, that, that suffering is just random. He will accept the, the decree of God faithfully. So we continue again, and the day arrives, this is verse 1, and again the, the uh, angels of God come to stand before God. And again, the Satan, remember this isn't a, a being named Satan, that's why it says Hasatan, the, the prosecutor, so to speak, the one who is going to uh, present the case against the people are, are the ones that are being judged. He was also there standing before God. So we have this image, which of course, and I emphasized several times, this is an image, as Ramam explained to us, meant to be a metaphor, meant to present a point, not meant to actually ex- say that such a tribunal actually exists to, to anthropomorphize God and, and his heavenly court in such a way. Satan, as we mentioned before, uh, um, according to Rambam, refers to all of the propensity in the world for evil, the propensity, uh, the, 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 the nature of things that can lead to suffering, lead to jealousy, lead to spite, lead to all kinds of things. This is Satan. This is the, the force of evil, or also can be associated with God's uh, wrath and anger, which unfortunately we know the world is not always, uh, you know, uh, rainbows and butterflies. And, and Satan refers to all of that, that aspect of ourselves, the nature within ourselves as well that leads us to make bad decisions, to make selfish choices, etc. So God says to the Satan, God says to that force of evil as follows, Where are you coming from? And the the forces of evil say to God, and he says as follows, From traveling around the world, remember as, as we explained before, uh, the Satan's, he's all around the world. He, he's everywhere. He's, he's bringing about death and destruction everywhere. People are constantly uh, being selfish, being um, uh, 
uh, you know, harming one another, uh, the forces of nature sometimes acting in ways that bring about suffering. I'm around. I see what's going on, right? Um, you know, I have some reports to bring back. Uh, the world has a lot of bad stuff going on. So in your day of judgment here, I have some bad stuff to say. Remember, I pointed out before that many scholars understand this as a written to be uh, uh, performed uh, as, as a play, that this book was written almost um, as, as a play of sorts. So if we imagine how this would be represented on a stage, so to speak. So God said to the Satan, Have you paid any attention to my servant Eov? Right, Job? <clears throat> Remember, you are the one who decided, decided that, that Eov should suffer all this loss. Right? Have you paid, seen what he's done? There's no one like him. He is a perfect and upright, just man. He fears God. He turns away from doing evil. The evil that Eo had, is, turns away from here specifically is referring back to the, his refusal to claim there is no God, to refusal to, to, to think that, the, the, that, that um, the suffering was meaningless and purposeless, refusal to, to go into a, uh, into a denial of God. And he is still um, uh, uh, sticking with his... his um, his uh, uprightness. He's still sticking with his, with his, uh, uh, to his being, uh, you know, uh, uh, his integrity. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry. And you have convinced me to swallow him up to make him suffer for nothing. Right? You had said that the only reason why he's worshiping me, the only reason why he's faithful to me is because I make life good for him. So you convinced me to take it all away. For nothing. In other words, there was no actual reason, God is saying, for me to bring the suffering about other than to test him. And because you claimed that he would fail the test, but he passed the test. Now I did all of that for nothing. Of course, this brings up many, many questions. Um, and the uh, commentaries discuss this at length. But um, remember, this is meant to bring about a point. We're supposed to try to go through these verses and allow our minds to entertain the different thoughts, the different ideas, the different contradictions, the difficulties of, of this and what this means for us every day. So as we go through the verses and as we go through the, the follow-up discussions in the next 40 chapters, we're going to see so much back and forth, so many different notions and ideas being bounced around. But the bottom line is the bottom line, and that is, despite the suffering, Eov stuck with it. And God is testifying to his perfection and his goodness. So here the, the, uh, the Satan, the adversary or the uh, prosecuting angel or that aspect of God which questions people's integrity, which questions whether or not people are, are for real, then answers as follows. Or, ba'ad or, skin, sits on top of skin. A person would give everything he has to retain his own life. In other words, um, uh, Eov hasn't yet been tested enough. Sure, you took away his wealth. Sure, you took away his, uh, his, um, his children, which is awful, which is terrible, but you haven't touched him himself. Eov would give anything. He would definitely blaspheme you if you made him suffer. 
Ulam shlachna yodcha v'ga'el atzmovi al b'saro. If only, if you would send out your hand. Remember, the, the Satan is reminding us that God is not, God is still the one doing this. There's only one that does everything. Everything in the world goes back to God himself, right? There is no uh, Satan who has any independent power to do anything, right? There is no independent being called Satan, which some other religions have. This is the verses being very clear to tell us, God, right? If you make the suffering happen, and you touch, meaning you cause suffering to his own body, his own flesh, and then let's see if he doesn't go ahead and it literally the word translates to bless you but he obviously it's a euphemism as we saw in the last chapter for then he will curse you in other words then he will give up on you completely he is in your hands in other words evil forces are now have god's permission to come and attack iov but do not kill him so um the you know uh, killing him obviously would defeat the purpose right the point is to see if he can withstand the suffering. So there would be no point in, in Eo passing on because then he would not be alive to, to demonstrate whether or not he's going to remain faithful. So the Satan went and leaves, leaves God's presence. And he goes ahead and strikes down Eo. Right? Again, remember this is God doing it, right? Because the Satan represents the wrath of God, the anger side of God, the side of God that we see manifested when we see suffering and terrible things happening, right? With He struck Eov with terrible boils. Shechin Ra means boils that are bad, meaning they're painful. They're not just boils which are bad enough, but boils that are painful. Mikafra glow from the soles of his feet, kakado all the way to the top of his head. So, so his entire body covered with painful boils. And he took a, um, a like pot, like broken pieces of pottery, his garedbo to scratch with because of the terrible itching. And he lied in, in ashes with an attempt to maybe the ashes might uh, somehow ease his pain somewhat. So this image of Eov covered in boils, having lost everything, having lost all of his property, having lost all of his children, having lost all of his honor. He was a, a judge and an honored person in the community, lost everything, and now is lying literally in a pile of ashes, scraping himself against broken pots. Um, it's just an awful image. But Tomerlo Ishto and his wife said to him, You're still holding on to your your uh, in your in integrity you still stick with the idea that that God exists you still stick with the idea that there is any justice in this world you still stick with the idea that that you have a, a purpose in life that God created the world what kind of a business is this you've been a perfect person your whole life and now you're living through this go ahead and curse God and die Exactly what uh, she meant when she said this. What does she mean? How does she know that if she would curse God, he would die? The commentaries discuss this at length, and it would take a while to go through each and every one. I'm going to go with uh, 
one of the most interesting commentaries on this is in the Radak, who is one of my favorite ones. Here he uh, brings pretty much a whole family discussion between his brother and his father <coughs> and himself about different ways of understanding this. Um, but kind of based on the Radak and then adding some uh, uh, Maimonidean thoughts and some of my own thoughts, I want to uh, combine a, a lot of different commentaries and explain as follows. Remember, Eov's wife here, right, is, is representative, right, of, of what Satan wants, right? The Satan, right, the evil forces among us, what he, he, that is the force of death, right? Death comes from despair, right? Eov, despite all of his suffering, still maintains his relationship with God still maintains that there is a purpose to his existence. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't. He hates it. He he's suffering from it. It's awful and it's terrible and 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 it's terrible in ways that we can heart we can't even imagine. But he knows that it's there. By holding on to that, he holds on to life, right? That little hope is enough to keep him alive, right? What, what Eov's wife is telling him is give up. Don't sit with that integrity. Just give up. Because if you give up and you curse God, in other words, you, 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 you blaspheme God by saying there is no God, by saying less din less dayan, there is no judge, there is no justice, there is no purpose, there is no reason. By doing that, vamust, you will die because you will give in to despair and your life will be taken from you. Right? Because the only thing that's giving you strength, she knew and she understood that despite all of the suffering, it was that very hope, that very belief that, there's, that there is some meaning in all of this that gave Eov the strength to live. And therefore, his wife tells him, Boreich Elohim vamus, curse God and then you will die. Because at that point, you will die. Because that's what's keeping you alive. Right? When God said to the Satan, to the evil forces, don't allow him to die. In other words, you can make everything physical around him terrible and awful in the worst possible ways. But hope, belief, faith, that you can't take away from him because that is not within your power to do. All of the evil in the world cannot take that away from us. What's inside our hearts can never, ever be taken away. That is the lesson that we're supposed to be learning from the, from this chapter, right? That little bit. However, the 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 wife in this case is representing that that influence, trying to tell him, just give up, give up. We've lost everything. and he said to her, and follow these words. This is verse ten. The words that Eo uses when he responds to her are just are are are, are extremely important, and so. Be very careful in, in following these words. By Yomar he said to her, Kidaber achas hanivalot tidaberi. Right? You are speaking like one of the nivalot. Where do we find this word? What is a naval? A naval, sometimes translated as a fool, sometimes trans- translated as a person who is uh, base and um, selfish. But we have a verse in Psalms. One a famous verse, Amar Naval Bilibo Ein Elohim. The Naval says in his heart, There is no God. The Naval is the one who is cynical. 
and says, no, there is no purpose. The Naval is the one that looks at suffering, that looks at things going on in this world and then says to him or herself, there's no meaning in all of this. That's why Eov tells his wife, you are speaking like one of those Nivalot. Gam etatov nikabel me'it Elohim. Just as we get good and we accept good from God, and then we should not take the bad? In other words, yes, I was a great person and I was faithful to God and everything while God was giving me good. Now that he's giving me bad, I should give up on him. That should change the hope, the faith that's in my heart, that's in my soul. And then the, the verse comments. So those were Eov's words, end quote. The next is the verse speaking. With all of this, despite all of this suffering, Eov did not sin with his lips. Now, clearly, this meant to say that with his lips, in other words, Eov maintained um, in his words his integrity, but in his heart, he was already entertaining the notion that maybe, maybe she has a point, right? And one thing we can gather from here is that it's okay to have those notions, to have those thoughts, to have those feelings. It's natural to wonder, right? Maybe there is no purpose. Maybe there is no point. As long as we conclude and we give ourselves strength to move on by remembering that, no, there is reason, there is purpose, despite all of this awful, horrific suffering. But we will see. We will see how Eov entertains those notions out loud in the upcoming chapters as, as he processes through this horrific fate that he is in. Three of Eov's close friends heard about all of this terrible evil that had come upon him, that had befallen him. So it makes a point to show that these, these are his good friends. And each one came from these pla- hit the places where they were from. Eliphaz ha-Temani. Eliphaz from Taman, generally translated as Yemen. Uvildad ha-Shuchi and Bildad from Shuch. V'tsofar ha-Naamati and so far from Naama. So these are uh, places, uh, Taman, Yemen is probably somewhere around what we call Yemen today. Um, remember that that the land of Uts was probably in the land of Edom, which is roughly uh, parts of what would be southern Jordan today. Um, so his friends came from these areas. And they gathered together to come to uh, to mourn with him together and to comfort him. It is important to note, and we mentioned this in previous podcasts, but it's important to remind us that Eov is deliberately being chosen, uh, the, the, the character of Eov is deliberately described as a person who is not Jewish. And his friends are also not members of the people of Israel. He's friends from three different countries, three different places, coming to visit Eov, who is from a fourth country, a fourth place. Because the, the, the ideas and the, and the difficulties being dealt with here are universal. They're not meant to be particularist particularistic they are meant to be universal these ideas of 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 why good people suffer why bad people prosper this has nothing to do with what nation we're a part of the verse is deliberately choosing four people from four completely different places that are gathering together to deal with these issues 
when they came and approached Eov's house and they looked from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and they cried. And each one um, tore his cloak. And they threw dirt on their heads towards the heaven. This was a common uh, form of, of signifying mourning was to tear one's clothing and to uh, uh, either roll in dirt or place dirt on oneself, etc. Interesting how it says, they did not recognize him. This reminds us very much of the story of Joseph, the story of Yosef, who um, when his brothers came to Egypt, they did not recognize him. It's the same word used over there. Um, over there, of course, Yosef was not suffering. Yosef had went through a ton of suffering, right? But, um, but, um, but it gives us the sense, you know, uh, but, uh, but Yosef had grown. He had become the viceroy of Egypt, but his brothers did not recognize him, right? One understanding of that is they did not recognize who he was. They didn't recognize him because they didn't, never even imagined that Yosef was capable of achieving such greatness. As we see the responses of these three friends, we, we will notice that there's, they have a similar problem where they don't quite know Eov. They're his good friends, but they don't really know him. They don't really understand him, and um, they don't really appreciate him. Uh, although at this point, they're acting as good friends by Yeshvui Tola'ares, and they sat down with him on the ground, Shivas Yomim Shivas Lelos, for seven days and seven nights. As we know, the custom of mourning is to sit Shiva, right? Which is how, how it's known colloquially, I mean, to sit those seven days. So they sat for Shivat Yomim for the seven days and seven nights. very loved and they sat in silence, did not speak to him a word. From this, we know the custom today when one goes to a house. Uh, who, in, where the people are in mourning and what we call today sitting shiva the standard Jewish custom is you sit quietly and wait until the person who is mourning speaks um, and then of course carry on in conversation and to comfort but often just sitting there just being there just showing up is what is important and these are the friends that showed up and why did they not speak because they saw the pain was so was so great that there were no words Sometimes there are no words. Sometimes opening your mouth and saying something stupid is uh, not the best idea. Sometimes just being there, keeping your mouth shut, and, and just being there for someone is what's important, and that's what these three friends did. So this concludes Chapter 2. In the next, this, and this concludes the, uh, the narrative section. Remember, I mentioned in the beginning, there's a little bit of narrative in the beginning and narrative at the end. The entire middle is going to be the discussion. So now the discussion is about to take place and we're going to hear Eov speak, his friends speak, eventually God himself speak. Um, but that's going to be, uh, we're going to have about 40 chapters worth of that until we get to a little bit of narrative again at the end to cap it all off. Thank you so much for studying chapter two of this book together with me of the book of Job. Looking forward to completing the book of Job together and studying many, many more books together. Thank you and have a wonderful day.